if you're currently job searching, if job searching is something you'll pick up in the near future, or if it's something in the back of your head is something you probably should start doing, just don't know where to start, then this episode is for you. I'm going to give you three analogies comparing job searching to The Bachelorette, of course, everyone's favorite, comparing job searching to getting ACT tutor. And third, I'm actually just going to give you a real life story that I literally could not make up even if I tried that illustrates all of these points, give you morals of the story of every analogy, as well as action points to take home. So you are not going to want to miss this episode to give you a new perspective, a new mindset, new things to kind of wrap your head around of job searching and how to maximize your time and efforts doing it to give you the best results for you and your career. So let's do it. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast. My name is Matt Tometz. I'm here to share stories, lessons, and experiences in sports performance and professional development. So a little bit about my background and what qualifies me as a quote-unquote expert or subject matter expert. This spurred from asking myself these questions, having my mentor ask me very thought-provoking questions of one day we were just together and talking about this content I make and talking to people on the podcast and what short, what stories do I have to share and go back and forth with. And when I'm interviewing for jobs, I just feel like I'm speaking on theory and, and not really like having my own stories. And, and I'm, my mentor goes, well, what have you done? And I'm like, nothing. I really haven't done anything. Like, yeah, I've coached a decent amount. I've done stuff at, at TCU, but I haven't really accumulated anything. And that's what's so tough nowadays is people can just hit record and go and do their thing and just post it and pose themselves as whatever they want to post themselves as basically. But the reason why I'm qualified is because I have been there and done that in regards to job searching from, I was looking at my Excel sheet from middle of August, 2019, two years ago, middle of August. Now I've applied to 82 jobs. I've hopped on the phone with 60 plus people. I couldn't even try to count that. That's just a over, over 60 for sure. And within those, let's call it a conservative six. Let's just say 70. It's 70 people. How many phone calls I've had easily a hundred plus of just meeting these people and networking and job searching and going and doing it in real life. So I feel like I have a very good understanding of how this works and can give you some very valuable insights. So that's what qualifies me first, but let's get into it. So the bachelorette, everyone's favorite. And if you deny it, you're probably a liar. So the bachelorette, let's try to imagine getting, try and get on the bachelor, right? So picture every person that every guy that has the abs for the bachelor they have the jawline they have the interesting backstory they have the ability to just speak on camera and just you know own being on a tv show imagine all of those people in one area and just the u.s in one area imagine if they're all in los angeles how many people that would be just simply just sheer number of people probably more than you could think of like i I could even put a realistic number on how many 
guys in the U.S. fit that could do a good job on The Bachelorette. So how do we go from all of those people to 32, I think it is? I've never seen a full episode, truth be told. So how do we whittle that down? So first, we can take out the people that don't even know that you can like audition for The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, or that's like even a thing. So we can take away those people. Next, we have the people we can take away who just don't live close enough. They aren't going to pay for a flight and spend a week, two weeks trying out for the show or just whatever it may be. So people who don't know what to think and people who feasibly just can't like make it happen themselves. So that leaves us just with people that live in California within a flight or a drive that are willing to do that. So we've already narrowed it down. Next, we can take away the people who just simply, it sounds like a good idea to them, but they just can't wait in line for three days waiting for their shot. They just have their life to go back to. Take those people off the table. Next, we have the people that just never truly have a shot. As soon as they walk in the door, the producers already have people in their head that there's just some things that just like aren't clicking with them, right? So now we started with all of these people in Los, you know, this infathomable, infathomable amount of people down to a very select few. And the select few are probably in two categories. First, it's the people that have, are on like their fourth or fifth try doing this thing. So the producers already know who they are. So the producers are already comfortable with these people. And second, there's those people that know the production assistants that have an inside person that tell them, hey, hey, there's, there's a, a side door. You know, it'll help, help cut you to the front of the line. You know, like wink, wink, don't tell anyone. So not only of all of the possible bachelorette contestants, we took people off the table. And then we boosted a certain group to the top of people that have just been there, done that. So they're not complete strangers and the people that have an inside edge to help get them to the front of the line. So now does it really seem like a coincidence that the 32 guys made it to the top 32? Do you think it was truly based on who was qualified or who could do a good job? Probably not. And this is the comparison to job searching. The moral of the story is it's who you know. So obviously, if the producers know who you are, simply just over time. And second, if you know someone who knows someone who can get you in, that's how you get yourself up to the 1% who actually gets a shot. Not even, not even the actual job. Let's just say 100,000 guys gets whittled down to 1,000, you know? Well, you have to be in that 1% first and you get to that 1% based on who knows you and who you know. And you have to think outside the box. So let's say, so if you, if you haven't been there five times and if you haven't, and if you don't have an inside person, what else can you do if you are super gung-ho about wanting to be a contestant on the Bachelorette? Well, you can create videos and content and build a social media following, some sort of social clout of all of the exciting things you do in your life, of all of you know, how amazing you look in a, in a swimsuit. 
you can just so that's like building so you know creating videos vlogging your life of how interesting you are for youtube right you can watch the credits of every bachelorette episode and find the people whose job titles sound like they could probably help you out if you hit them up so you're making notes every episode you're hitting up people on linkedin on social media hey i see you're the third assistant to the vice president of the president of production. I'd love to hear how you got your job. You become friends with that person. Boom. There you go. So even if you're not in that top 1%, you can do things that are outside of the box that are creative, that take a little bit of time and efforts to help set you up for success to get into that 1% club. And just to go back to the point of just being qualified is not enough. You know, any, any guy can, you know, hit record on their phone with their shirt off and say, Hey, look at me, but only, you know, a certain type of person can do it consistently over time and create a vlog and a lifestyle and a, an actual following only people, certain people can make a genuine connection with that third production assistant to the VP of the president. Only those people are willing to stand in line for three days to get their shots. So I'm not saying you have to give your soul to this thing. But I guess if I had to give another moral of stories, it's basically almost never coincidence. No one just sends in their first video of their three-minute interview of why they should be a contestant and gets it right away. So that's that analogy. Second is the ACT tutor. So you're a student. You want to do better on the ACT to get into a good school, obviously, because everyone goes to college. And you know that the test is hard and you know that a tutor would help. So it kind of makes sense. It aligns with wanting to get into a good school. So you have to improve your score. So you walk into the ACT tutor on the first day and you say, hey, I want to do better on the ACT because college is important. I want to go to college. And the tutor goes, great. You know, this was like the first tutor that you just looked up on the internet. ACT tutor near me. And they were just the first person. So the tutor goes, great, you know, what's your, what's your current score? And you kind of just like pause for a second and you're like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I haven't taken it yet. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what my score is. I think I do. Okay. Question mark, you know, and you don't even know what an okay score is. The tutor goes, oh, okay. Uh, this is awkward. Well, you know, what, what kind of schools are, are you looking, looking into what kind of score um, are we shooting for? It's like, oh, uh, I mean, like, I want to go to like a good school with like a, a business program, I guess. And I'm totally throwing shade at people who are just business majors. So generic. I mean, if you like it, good for you. I just think it's generic. So and the tutor goes, so you, you don't know what score you have. You don't know what score you need. You don't even know where you're applying to. And you're like, I guess not, but I mean, like college is important, right? And then the tutor goes, okay, well, you know, what, what subjects in school are you good at? What subjects do you not like, or you're not the best at, you know, are you a good writer? And then you go, um, I mean, I get A's and B's. Well, I got a C in that one class. Um, I mean, on my last essay, um, I think I got like a, was it an 86%? No, no, no. It was like an 84%. Um, but then I, I had to like do edits and revisions. And I think it got up to a 90, I think, I don't know. And this tutor is like, Oh my gosh, dude, like, 
like how like what am I supposed to do with this kid like I literally don't know what to start like we have a limited amount of time to make this happen and then the tutor's just like well I guess we'll start literally from square one you know like we are going to be like three weeks behind the game you know so that's the first situation now imagine if you go to an ACT tutor right first day the ACT tutor goes hey tell me about yourself and you go hello my name is Matt Tomance and I would like to do better on the ACT so so you tell the tutor you're like all right I just tested I got a 29 I, I got a 29 on the ACT I want to get into either Dartmouth or Duke they both want 34s or 35s. I got a 35 on math, a 33 on science, and a 29 on, uh, sorry, let's bomb, let's bomb the, the English. I got a 25 on English. That'll bring the score down. And I got a three on the writing. And whenever I, I took the practice test, I definitely had enough time on the math and science, but my English, I was just like, I don't even think I answered, you know, the, the last fourth of it and the writing, like, I just couldn't even figure out how to write more than like two paragraphs on these props. They were just so weird. Um, but you know, so, so that's where I'm currently at. That's where I want to go. I have, you know, two hours a week to devote to this. I'm pretty flexible on what days it can be. There's two more, uh, testing sessions that I can sign up for before my applications are due for Duke and Dartmouth. There's a, a one test that's eight weeks away and there's another one that's 12 weeks away. You know, how does that sound? And this tutor goes, oh my gosh, you're so much better than the last guy. Thank God this guy is prepared. And if you, if you give the tutor that much information, any halfway decent tutor is going to be able to help you out, you know? And even if they aren't the right tutor for you, like let's say that they're like a math and science tutor, but you already crushed the math and the science. Well, you've given them so much information that they should be able to point you in the right, the right direction of someone who can help you, you know, assuming that as a full-time ACT tutor, they know other ACT tutors that can help you out. So the, the moral of this story is that you have to be crystal clear and that's not that plans are allowed to change, but if you have no focus, it's just foggy. You don't really know what that end goal is. You don't know how to, how to say if you've got there or you haven't, you know, you're kind of just speaking on these generalities that sound nice about, oh, we'll have to get a better score. And I want to get to a good school and a good business program. And like, I don't, I mean, I know that my school is offering a few testing dates, I think in the near future, like how's that tutor supposed to do their job? You know, and another way to rephrase this is like, help those people help you when it comes time to job search and interview and, and network, you have to set them up for success to set you up for success. So that is the ACT tutor analogy. And last, here's a real story. And I will change the, the universities and the names for anonymity because I said that right. And I literally couldn't even make this up if I tried. So it's the beginning of, of my real networking journey. Let's say two marches ago. What was that? We'll say a year and a half ago. And one of the first people I reach out to is a sports scientist at Northwestern University because I'm from Chicago. Northwestern. 
super nice guy. I looked at the, the message I sent this person on LinkedIn and man, it was so long. It was so generic, so boring. Like, I don't even know why they responded to me, to be honest. Like if I got one of those messages right now, I'd be like, all right, dude, like you clearly just hit copy paste, even though I didn't, but so we, we have a super nice phone call and they are kind enough to give me the name and number of the sports scientist for the Chicago bears. So I hop on the phone with the Chicago Bears guy, super nice guy, just have a really nice talk. Obviously, like he's much farther in his career, making it to the pro level. And we just have a, a super nice chat. You know, this is like March, April, two Marches and Aprils ago. Fast forward to that next December or that upcoming December, I'm applying for a job at, let's say, North Carolina. Because I've always wanted to be a tar. That baby blue just looks so good. I'm applying to this job at North Carolina. And I make it to the second round of interviews. I make it to the top four. And I just don't, I just don't get it. You know, like I just didn't get the job. Now, this job at, at UNC, I'd actually been hiding from my current boss because I kind of didn't want him to know or just get worried or just, you know, to look bad. I was very open about job searching, but I don't know why. Basically, it, it had somehow got back to him and he asked me about it and he actually knows the guy that I was interviewing with at UNC. And this is before I interviewed. And my boss actually sent this UNC guy a text and said, hey, you know, Matt, I've had him for years. I would be devastated if, if he left, but I'm fully endorsing him for this role, you know? Um, which was just super thoughtful and nice. And, and the UNC guy said that that text actually went a very long way in regards to considering me for this job, but I don't end up getting it. <clears throat> long story short, I stay up to date with my Chicago Bears guy, with my, with my uh, Northwestern guy, just you know, phone calls every, I don't know, let's say two months, just because those guys I, I felt more connected with than, than the other people that I had met along the way. So, so fast forward, didn't get the job in December. Um, the winter spring goes on and actually the, uh, the North Carolina guy was on my list to, to hit back up again, just to say hello, offer to be on my podcast, TSP. And, and literally the, the reminder was overdue on my phone. And this guy shot me a text. And just said, hey, I'd, I'd love to chat on the phone. Are, are you available? And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to, you know, how, whatever I can do for you, let me know. Because, you know, I love UNC and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. So we hop on the phone and he goes, hey, a role that you would be more qualified for than the first one that you didn't get, we now have. And I would love to know if you were interested. I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm picking up my job search again. I'm very happy with where I am, but, um, but yes, you know, whatever I can do, move this process forward. Yes. I'm interested. Fast forward to theoretically speaking. Now the Chicago bears guy calls me and just says, Hey, we're looking for interns for our own program. I trust your opinion. If you have anyone that you think would be a good fit for us with the bears, let me know. 
And, you know, so we have that conversation and then we're kind of just catching up and chatting. And, and then I ask his opinion on what to do about this UNC job because they called me, but I haven't heard from them yet. And I followed up and et cetera, et cetera. He goes, oh, was, was that, you know, we'll call him Bob. He was like, oh, did Bob call you? And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you know, Bob. And, and he's like, yeah, he actually called me like, let's say a month ago to ask, you know, or get my advice on what I should, what he should put in the job posting, what the salary should be, the details of all of that job. He goes, oh, I, I didn't know he called you about that. I'm like, yeah, he, he called me. I hope I'm like allowed to say that. I hope that's not like illegal or that will look bad. And then the, the Bears guy goes, oh, you know, I, I have to call Bob anyways, just to ask how that job posting is going, that job search, because I helped him out with it. And I'll, I'll definitely have to mention your name. You know, I actually think you'd be very qualified for that job. And, and this is the same guy, the Bears guy, our first chat, second chat. He goes, you're a nice guy, but like, I don't know how you work. You know, like I can speak on you as a person, but I can't speak on you as a professional. And just over time, all of these phone calls I had with the Bears Guide built up somewhat of equity, I guess, of just thoughtful questions, discussions, conversations, showing that I was a professional, even though he'd never seen me work firsthand as a professional. So he goes, yeah, text me next week when, uh, or text me next week early, and I should either have an update about me talking to him or that'll, you know, be a reminder for me to actually do it, you know, great. And that is the story, theoretically speaking. And the moral of that story is you got to build genuine connections and you never know. So for example, the, the text my boss sent to the UNC guy about, you know, fully endorsing me and that he would hate for me to go, but he knows that like, I would crush it wherever I go went further than anything I could put on a resume or how perfectly I could format it or the perfect cover letter in the world. It's because I had a genuine connection with my boss for working with him for many years. And I had a genuine connection with the guy through, let's just say six hour to two hour phone calls, just chatting about life and specifics about, you know, sport science and all this different kind of stuff. And everyone knows everyone like, man, the amount of times I've named dropped someone and the other person that I know, or that I'm chatting with knows that person, or they'll name out someone. I'm like, Oh, you know, I have a call with them next week. Like the world is just so tight and so small that you never know. Everyone knows everyone. And you just have to like have a genuine connection, you know, and to tie that story back into the bachelorette. You know, it's like, you know, if I were to get this role or let's say I'm already in the top, you know, four for that job, is that a coincidence? N no. Or whoever, whoever will get that job, do you think it's a coincidence that they got that job? No, there's obviously way more that goes into it that, you know, most people will never know about, but that's why I want to make this, this episode. And tying this story into the ACT tutor is, is as I was chatting with my 60 plus 70 people, my 100 plus phone calls easily, 
I had spoken my story through so many times about what I want, where I've been, where I want to go, that it was a, a no-brainer for the Chicago Bears guy to say, hey, I think you'd crush it because he knows where I've been. He knows what I want to do. He knows those things just because I've spoken through it with him so many times. So action steps. How do we how do we make this in real life? So you got to talk through your story a few times, you know, whether it's just hit up your your best friend that you haven't talked to in a while and just say, hey, can you just like play dumb and act like you're some stranger I've never met before, you know, talking about jobs or your parents or making an episode, just recording it into your phone and listening back to it. You know, it'll make you cringe. I make myself cringe every time, but you got to start somewhere and you got to get crystal clear with your plans, which will come from talking through your story. Knowing that the plan can and will change, you know, mine is ebbed and flowed and it's come back to the same spot for changing a few times and it's changed a few more times and come back. But you got to start with specific people, you know, help them help you. And that starts with, you have to pick the right people. You know, you can't pick random people or not relevant people and expect them to give you the same results or help as a super specific person can. So help them help you not only with with the information you give them, but also just by them being the right person for you. Be organized. My Excel sheet, I have an episode on this. It's either 94, 98, or 105. I talk about networking and job searching as I've been there, done that, and I've accumulated a lot of stories and experiences, and hopefully that helps. So hopefully those two analogies in that story helps you know bring some clarity to job searching, how to crush it. If you have any questions, let me know, and good luck.